For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Lord Christ. Thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you for those who are joining us online as well. Can you please pray with me? Father, I do ask this morning as we come to your word that you would give us ears to hear, that your words might go down to the very marrow of our bones, to the very bottom of our souls, that we might be changed. So, Father, I do pray that the words of my mouth, meditation of all of our hearts here in this room might be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, last week in our Proverbs sermon series, Tim preached about friendship, and the week before that, Brent spoke about words and speech, and perhaps if you were listening to our Proverbs today, you gathered that we are going to talk about listening, which is, of course, appropriate for all those three things go together to make really meaningful and life-giving relationships. Talking and listening are really like the respiration of any relationship, the inhale and the exhale. You need both to have healthy alive, life-giving relationships. As Tim mentioned last week, if you have a friend, if they're a real friend, they have to speak candidly and truthfully into your life. And if they don't, then they're merely an affirming acquaintance. Likewise, if you have a friend who doesn't truly listen to you, then what you have is merely a bystander. But listening is hard, isn't it? At least it's hard for me. Maybe it's not hard for you. It's certainly difficult for me. I remember in the early days of our marriage, we had some new couple friends, and so Erin said, you know, we're going to go over and have a meal with them. I'd like to bring over some uh, M&M cookies. So she told me all the ingredients of the things that she needed to get to make cookies. And I said, well, excellent. I know how to get the things to make cookies. So I went to the store, and I got all the ingredients to make cookies. And then I came back, and I brought all the ingredients onto the table to make cookies, except for, of course... M&M's, the one thing you need to make M&M cookies. And I didn't bring that because I was listening to her, but I didn't hear. I wasn't truly listening. I didn't truly hear. It's a silly story, of course, except it gets repeated ad nauseum in our family. But (laughs) really, it's a picture, I think, of the deep pain that all of us feel in many of our marriages, our families, our parents, our friendships that you have felt, that I have felt. I spoke, but you didn't hear. And what is the result? It isn't just that M&M cookies ended up being sugar cookies. It's the growing feeling that myself, that my person doesn't ultimately matter to you. I offered you a part of my soul, my being, and you did not attend to me. You did not hear me. This morning, I want to talk about why it's hard to listen and then how to listen well. So why it's hard to listen and and how to listen well, and just with two places we're going to go, attention and reception, and then ears that hear. Perhaps it seems strange to begin talking about listening by talking about attention, but probably not as strange as it might seem, because nearly every parent has said, and for that matter, every kid has heard these words, are you paying attention to me? Which in other words is just saying, are you really listening? Are you hearing me? The phrase that Jesus uses in our gospel passage here from Matthew 11 that's used actually throughout the scriptures is these words. 
And they really mean the same thing. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As a kid, I thought that was a strange phrase. I thought, was everyone walking around in Jesus' day, did they not have ears or something? Or is there lots of deaf people in the day? Well, of course not. We know intuitively what this means. That the mechanics of listening through the ear is not the same thing as hearing. That real hearing involves attention and also the reception of the person who's speaking. Today, we live in a very visual culture with TV and movies and social media. We live in a very visual culture and we use different languages than what the Bible uses. We say things like this. He saw me. She sees me. What do we mean by that? We don't mean, well, this person looked at me. What we mean is that person gave me their full attention. And by doing that, they recognize something that was true about me. They know me. They know something true about me. They cared for me. Really what we're saying is that person received me as someone worthy of their time and attention. The Bible, though, was not written in a visual culture. It was written in an oral culture. So throughout the scriptures, those same experiences of attention, recognition, care, reception of another person is the language of hearing or listening. The Lord heard my prayer. God listened to Abraham and acted. God heard Israel's cries in Egypt. He recognized their distress and came and brought them out of Egypt. God listened to Moses. In Genesis 29, when when Leah is rejected by her husband, uh, Jacob, she has a son. She names him Simeon. And Simeon is a play on words with a Hebrew word for heard. And what she is saying there is that the Lord has heard. What? Not just that the Lord received her prayer, She says there in Genesis 29, the Lord heard that she was hated by her husband, Jacob. Leah is saying the Lord recognized her in her distress. The Lord attended to her. The Lord saw her, as we would say, in her pain and her rejection by her husband, Jacob, and cared for her and received her when Jacob would not. And so on and so forth throughout the scriptures. Matthew 11 here in our gospel is the same idea, but in reverse. John and Jesus are not received. Their message and their person is rejected out of hand by the people in Jesus' day. Verse 16 here, this generation of people of Israel at Jesus' time, what did they complain about? Well, John came and they complained that he was, he was, too, he was dour. He was, he was like a dirge. He's calling for repentance. He's in the desert mourning sin. And they rejected John because he wasn't happy enough. This guy's so depressed, they said, he must, he must have a demon. Then Jesus comes along playing a different song. He's partying. He's celebrating. What do they do? Well, they reject him too. Look who he's celebrating with, they said. He's too carefree. He's, he's kind of careless. He's not serious enough about sin. In other words, they heard the flute, and they didn't want to dance. They heard the dirge, and they didn't want to mourn. They heard what John and Jesus were saying, but they didn't give it their full attention They didn't receive John and Jesus. In many ways, they were willfully inattentive, willfully deaf. This passage reminds me actually of a, I thought about this kind of an old meme now, but it's been going around for a while. It says like, this is experience of Twitter, conversations on Twitter. And at the top, it says one person posts, I prefer mangoes to oranges. And then underneath, it says random person. So basically what you're saying is you hate oranges. Also, you failed to mention pineapples, bananas, and grapefruits. Educate yourself, right? That's sort of like our discourse on social media. But it's also this generation here in Matthew 11. They hear what Jesus is saying, but they don't really hear what Jesus is saying. They're not really listening. 
They really think, oh, you must be here because you like sin and you don't care. Oh, you must be here because you just want to make everybody feel bad. They're not really listening to what John and Jesus are saying. It's really like our Proverbs from 18, verse 2. Proverbs 18, verse 2 says, The fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. That's this generation. They didn't want to understand. They didn't want to hear. We might say it this way today. They didn't see Jesus. They didn't see John. Their attention was ultimately on themselves and on their opinions. And that makes listening hard. And is that you? Is that me today? Alan Jacobs wrote an article back in 2016. It's entitled Habits of a Mind in the Age of Distraction. It's a great article. You can find it, I think, on Comet Magazine online somewhere. But in it, he quotes Linda Stone from Microsoft. And, and she calls our experience living now in the digital age and age sort of overrun with social media. This is what she calls it. She says, we are living lives of continuous partial attention. Continuous partial attention. As if just out of reach just over the horizon in just a few minutes, something somewhere is going to happen that we need to be at, that we need to pay attention to somewhere or some person somewhere else. We're always only giving half of our attention to somewhere else or to someone else. And ultimately half of it for ourselves. Jacobson recites a story in this article about a young woman on Snapchat who was sending out 40 snaps in under a minute. That's 40 pictures of herself to 40 friends in under a minute, demanding the attention, as it were, of all 40 of those friends right then at once. And this is what Alan Jacobs takes from that. He says, you know, we are addicted with our partial attention, but what we are addicted to is the constant affirmation of our value and meaning, constant affirmation of our very being that comes from the reception and recognition of another human being. Addicted, he says, to being validated or received by our peers. In other words, as I might say, we are always looking only for someone to look at us, or we are always listening only to find someone to hear us. In order to take away the desperate fear that each and every one of us are carrying around in our souls, in the back of our minds, because of our, our, because of our shame, because of our guilt and sin, this fear that we are in the end unlovable, that we will be rejected, that we will be dismissed, we're not going to be received because actually we are not worthy of attention. And so we live lives of continuous partial attention with social media or in conversations, just sort of waiting for the moment when we can speak, when we can be heard among friends at work at the same time, always not giving all of ourselves because we're so desperate for ourselves to be seen and heard, hoping to find someone to give us attention, to receive us, but also at the same time, terrified that if they give us too much attention, they're going to discover reasons to reject us. So we give half of ourselves half of our time, half of our hearing, continuous partial attention. We don't really listen, and it's hard to listen because our souls are so desperate to be heard. But this gets to the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is true, isn't it? 
It is true that there are indeed things that we have done, things that have been done to us, that we don't want anyone to pay attention to, let alone ourselves. <laughs> and there are things that we don't want to be seen that cannot be heard. And all of those things are known, and they are seen, and they are heard by God himself. And what did he do in hearing them? Does he reject us, dismiss us, refuse to listen to us? He had every right to. And we know that at the bottom of our souls. But no. He came into our world. Christ came into a world. He lived a life of perfection and holiness. And then he became the rejected one. Dismissed by the generation that was meant to receive him, like we heard about in Matthew chapter 11. Deserted by his closest friends in the night of his passion, his most desperate hour, and ultimately by God himself at the cross. Rejected and forsaken for the things that we had done. Not that he had done. That we had done in order that we might be received by God so that he could become the perfect son before the eternal father who is always being heard, that we might be heard. The first verse here in our New Testament passage from Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus was heard, it says, by God the Father because of his perfect life, his life of reverence, so that now through his death and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven, he stands in Hebrews 7, verse 26 here, holy, innocent, unstained, not a sinner, exalted above the heavens. And what is he doing now? Right now, at this very moment, verse 25, he's making intercession for you and me. That is, he is making you heard before God right now. He is giving you God's attention. He is making you eternally received before the face of God himself. So you can be assured, because of Jesus, God the Father hears you. He listens. So if you don't feel heard or listened to in your life, if you are in Jesus, the God of the universe does hear you. He knows everything about you. He receives you through Christ, his perfect son, so that your whole self might be received before him, including all of your past, including your future, including all of your physical abnormalities, including your idiosyncratic thoughts in strange ways. You are received in God's presence, and you have God's ear. My friends, this can free you to become a listener yourself. When you know that you have the attention of God himself, you don't always have to demand it of others. You can have ears to hear. So in the end here, I just want to give some practical things about how to become a good listener, how to develop ears to hear there's a lot of overlap here, of course, especially in the book of Proverbs between how we listen to God and how we listen to one another, of course, because there's an overlap there, just as we love God and then love our neighbors. But here are four things, I think, in our Proverbs passage that I think will help us develop ears to hear. And here they are. True listening is work. It involves the whole self. It requires humility. And it brings life. So notice Proverbs 22, the first Proverbs you have here in our Old Testament reading. It requires work. It's not just a passive reception of information or content. You're not just reading something or just taking somebody's ideas abstractly in. You have to give your full attention. Notice the words here that the, is used in Proverbs. Incline your ear. Hear, apply, keep, be ready. These are all words of effort and work. You know, bad listening is just sitting there passively without talking. False listening is sitting there seeming to listen, but you're really just waiting for the other person to finish speaking 
so you can speak. True listening is working to hear what the other person is saying and actually waiting upon them, serving them in that way. It's easy, perhaps, to see how to do this with others, working hard to hear and understand what they're saying. Maybe a little more difficult with God. I think false listening with God might be coming to worship or reading your Bible as a checklist. I did it. I'm done. That's it. Without bringing the word of God into your soul, meditating on it, being willing and preparing to be changed by it. So work. But notice Proverbs 22 also indicates that this work of listening involves the whole self, the entire self. Verse 17 here, incline your ear. That's the physical body. We obviously need that. But then apply your heart. In the scriptures, the heart is the seat of both the emotions, but also the intellect. So considering the words, their content, their meaning at both the intellectual, rational level, but also at the emotional level. And then keep these where? Keep them within you. To truly listen, their words have to, in some sense, become a part of yourself, be brought within you, meditate upon their meaning within. As I've been saying, when you listen to someone, you're not simply receiving information, but you are receiving the expressed soul of another person made in the image of God. And so when you receive their words, you are receiving them. You bring them in and bring their words in so that at the end of verse 18 here, they become ready on your lips. That is, you are able to speak their words back to them in your own words. You have so digested and understood what you have heard that you are able to take it and speak it back through your own lips in your own way. This is one of the reasons that why here at All Saints we really believe that to attend to God, to hear him, your whole self needs to be here in worship. Your body needs to come forward and kneel. You need to come forward. Your ears need to listen. Your eyes need to see. Your heart has to ponder emotionally, intellectually. Your lips must sing of the words of God and praise to him. And God himself, even through communion, must go in within you till his very life is coming out of your own lips. He's been totally digested within you that your life is transformed by him. And it's no different when it comes to listening to others. Can I give you just one simple thing that will radically transform the dynamic of your conversations with others? When you are listening to someone, look them in the eyes the entire time. Just look them in the eyes while you are listening to them. Because when you do that, you are saying to that person, I am giving you my attention. But more than that, what you are saying is, my whole self is present to your whole self. It will be powerful. But this kind of listening with work and the whole body and the whole self, it requires humility. Look at Proverbs 18, verses 12 through 13, for example. It says, before destruction, a man's heart is haughty. And before humility comes honor, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is to his folly and shame. In other words, there's a parallelism here going between 12 and 13 that the haughty person is the same as one who gives an answer before he hears. Because a haughty person in his heart is basically saying, before they failed, look, look, I've got it all figured out. I know. I know. I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to listen to others because I know. I know how to do it. I know what the result will be. I know even what I'm supposed to do. I know what my spouse's problems are. You know, she doesn't have to really tell me. I know what they are. Not only that, I know how to fix them. 
I know the insane things that my friend is saying. I know why they say them, and I understand it. I don't have to listen before I speak because it's a waste of my time because I know what you are trying to say. I can put you in a category. I I already understand. What you are saying, well, it's because you're a woman. Well, what you're saying is because you're a Democrat. Well, you're a conservative. You're a progressive. You're an Enneagram 8. I already know. You're a patriarchal chauvinistic pig. Of course you have that opinion. I already know what you think. I have it all pegged out. I don't really have to listen to you. But that is not listening. You know what that actually is? That's just speaking to yourself so you don't have to listen to the other person. When you've been humbled, when you've realized that your decisions and your way that you have chosen has ended, as Proverbs 18 says, in destruction, not with life, not with deeper relationships, but in isolation and pain, then you are willing to receive the wisdom and words of another person. Because ultimately what you're saying, I'm willing to be directed by you. And that's an act of deep humility. You're willing to let someone else change your life. You will never truly listen to God if we are unwilling to let him direct our lives because we already know the way that our lives are supposed to go. If I already know what my life is supposed to look like, I'm never going to listen to God to change it and direct it. And we'll never truly listen to others if our view and our perspective is always right and we are always the center. You know, it is possible to fully listen to another person, receive them, understand everything that they are saying, be able to speak it out with your own lips so they know that they have been heard and not agree with them. It's possible. And it needs to be more possible. Because the fool here in Proverbs is the opposite of that. The fool here, his view is always just spilling out venting away in Proverbs 29, speaking without listening. Their words, their thoughts, their opinions, they're like a battering ram that just runs over everyone else's so that they don't listen. And what happens in that is it's totally just constant exhale. And it sucks the life of the relationship and the community away. Just as you need the inhale so that you might have oxygen in your body and have life. All relationships need the inhale of listening that it might have life. Because finally... The last thing here, true listening produces life. It's the inhale, exhale of relationships. Notice Proverbs 15, 31 here. The one who does not listen in the end despises who? Not the speaker, but himself. The one who does not listen loses out on life-giving correction, loses out on life-giving community, life-giving sharing, relationship with others. And in the end, never finds the attention and reception that all of our souls are ultimately aching and longing for. But in true listening, with the whole self, working and humble, ends up being a gift of self-denying love given to the speaker. I want to read you at the end here a section from an excellent book on marriage by Walter Rangren called As For Me and My House. I like to give it out to couples I've done premarital counseling with and say and tell them to go through it for the year of their first year of marriage. He says something really profound here about listening. And it's, of course, true in marriages, but it's true in every relationship beyond that. So let me read what he says. Listening requires the sacrifice of self-denial. True listening lays oneself aside for a moment. For this moment, 
Not my opinions, but yours have celebrity. Not my interests, but yours are ours. Not my words, but yours have life. Listening is giving more than mere attention to the talker. It's actually giving life as well. So the speech truly lives for both of you and in both of you. You pay attention? Yes. You tend to the talk? Yes. But really, you also tend as you would tend a garden, the life and relationship of your spouse or your friend or your children. My friends, this is how God has treated you in Christ. Through the self-denial of the cross, through Jesus' eternal intercession for you before the throne in heaven, Christ says, not my interests, but yours. Not my life, but yours, so that we might have a shared life together and you might be received before the very presence eternally of God himself, assured that you have attention of the God of the universe, that God listens to you, that you too can have ears that hear him and hear one another. Amen. Father, do ask this morning that you would give us ears to hear, that you would make us men and women of deep humility, who understands how desperately we need you and your grace and are willing to offer your grace to others, that we might hear, that we might receive others, that uh, we might become true, good, and faithful listeners in your world and your church. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.